0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, April 26th, a special Monday edition of the podcast as we are on location in Cancun, Mexico at the Moon Palace Resort for the World Travel and Tourism Council's Global Summit. This is the first in-person global travel event since the pandemic began. Joining me on the show today is Mark Chestnut, travel writer for a number of different publications and true Mexico travel expert. Perhaps you've seen his work on Travel Pulse before. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm super glad that you're on here. Mark and I have traveled together before. We met uh, in Mexico on a press trip before. So um, I'm glad that Mark was able to join me for this. And we've got a lot to talk about. We will discuss how things have been going here in Cancun at this global summit and our thoughts on the travel industry's recovery. Uh, But first, let's dive into, as we always do, what is trending in the world of travel. And we begin with some great news in the world of travel. We haven't had a whole lot of great news in the last year. But we've got some great news. Um, The EU will now allow vaccinated Americans to travel to its 27 member nations this summer. No specific date was set yet, but this is still welcome news for the travel industry. The president of the European Commission pointed to the United States' rapid vaccination rate and progress toward achieving, quote, herd immunity or 70% of adult population being vaccinated by mid-June. They noted that the resumption of travel between the EU and U.S. would also depend upon the epidemiological situation but the situation is improving in the united states as it is hopefully also improving in the european union they said so mark your thoughts here care to make a prediction on when they might open up for u.s
1: travelers gee the the prediction would be a tough bet for me. I honestly can't say how long I think this might take, but I think this is obviously, it's a complex situation with a lot of moving parts, so that makes it more difficult to predict. But opening the up the, UE, the EU to the U.S. travelers will be great news for the travel industry, great news for travel advisors, and great news for travelers because there's clearly a lot of pent-up demand for travel to Europe and a lot of people will welcome this news. But it is complicated because there are multiple nations involved, there are multiple vaccines involved, and there's also the issue of determining what travelers must present in order to gain approval to travel, a vaccine passport, a vaccine document, or whatever that may be. So I, I think there will be continued back and forth to hammer out the details, and that could take a while. But um, I think we're looking forward to some really good news from that front.
0: Yeah, it's exciting to have, you know, kind of a time frame in mind for when Europe is, because we it was like last March, you know, everything shut down, and then they were like, we're going to assess it every two weeks. And I, th- I think a lot of people just didn't think it would last as long as it has. Unfortunately, uh, it has and we're, we're here where we're at and we're powering through but it's exciting to have you know some sort of time frame here um, earlier in one of the panels today we had some encouraging news from um, the Secretary of State of Tourism in Spain and he said that uh, Spain will be ready in June to tell all travelers worldwide that you can visit us with certainty so he, he was saying that the best thing governments can do right now is to provide certainty to travelers and um, certainty that it's safe to travel and everything so I think that was really exciting to hear from, from him there And other people, I think so many people on every single panel today, everyone mentioned about the EU news just and how exciting it is and how um, thrilled they are to to have some sort of time frame in mind. And it does seem like, you know, summer travel will will bounce back in in some sort of way.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's super exciting news. And it's also great to hear about these things when we're physically at one of the first. Tourism conventions during the pandemic, actually, so we we get to hear firsthand from from the speakers, from the attendees. So you can really feel the 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 sensation of, of hope and excitement uh, that you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel in in so many ways.
0: Definitely, yeah. There's a lot of big name people here, a lot of CEOs, a lot of government officials too. So everyone is really excited to get travel going back and. Another thing that it does raise a lot of questions, as you mentioned, Mark, like with the vaccines and the different countries, because, you know, just because it is the EU saying that we can come over and vaccinated Americans can come over, it still raises a lot of questions of Will different nations? How will they each each of them handle it? And you know who's going to jump out in front and set a set a date first? It kind of sounds like Spain already has a little bit there, but you know will others follow suit? And will they try to one up each other in different ways? Will they have the same protocols? Will it, it, uh, there's a lot to be determined still. So, but you know, we've got a light at the end of the tunnel here for European travel to open up. And I think next, we just want to wait. Next, we hope to hear from from Asia when, when that might open up fully and, and get out there, too. So one thing, though, we won't know for sure is uh, masks on planes. Will that still be a thing when we can go over to Europe? It remains to be seen uh, what will be there. But airline officials, flight attendants and politicians want the mask mandate extended. So the current mask mandate is set to expire on May 11th. Airline employees are looking for United States President Joe Biden to extend the federal ruling through at least September with uh, one senator from uh, Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi said during a hearing last week that there was every reason to believe the mandate would be extended. Uh, but he also questioned how long it should last. So CNN actually reported earlier this morning on Monday that uh, President Joe Biden is expected to announce a a new CDC mask guidance on Tuesday. Uh, That's just a a general mask advice and recommendations, I guess, from what the CDC is going for. Uh, But it kind of remains to be seen if... uh, if there will be any mention towards a mask mandate, um, as it pertains to travel and transportation and airlines and trains and stuff. But, um, if you're listening to this later in the week, perhaps you already know, and, um, hopefully it's, uh, some relatively good news there. But Mark, you have been on numerous flights over the last year, traveling for work. Uh, what have you seen with mask use at airports and on planes? And do you think a mask mandate should be extended?
1: Well, yeah, this issue I can speak about professionally and personally, since I've been traveling, um, Every month since I believe June of last year uh, to report on the quote unquote new normal of pandemic travel and how it's affecting the industry both in the air and on the ground. So um, I do have to say that I've been impressed over the past few months and continue to be impressed with how compliant the airports and the airline industry have been with masks and protocols overall. And I think that's important. That's good. And travelers as well. They're doing a a good job of staying safe when traveling by air in the United States and in Mexico and the Caribbean, which are the three regions where I've been traveling during the pandemic because those are pretty much the only three regions that one can travel during the pandemic uh, at this point. Um, So personally, I feel the mandate should be extended, um, and I have multiple reasons for that. The United States and the rest of the world, for that matter, um, has not achieved herd immunity. We do not have a population that's been majority vaccinated either. And, of course, no vaccine is 100% foolproof at protecting from COVID-19. I uh, received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one-shot deal, and I definitely feel more comfortable and a bit safer when I travel, but I'm more than happy to continue following the same safety protocols and guidelines because I feel the old adage "better safe than sorry" applies here. And we're not out of the woods yet, and there's still a way to go. So um, I think masks are a really small price to pay in order to protect more people. Maybe not the most comfortable way to sit on, you know, to sit on a plane for two or three or four hours, but um, I'm willing to do it. And so you know, I think it's I would be pleased to see it. Extended at least for a little while longer.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I think it should be extended. I don't know about through September, like um, some of them were saying there. I, just because we've had Biden come out and say time and time again that he thinks he's targeting July 4th as a time period of when we can get back to regular normalness or whatever is, is everything that he's been saying. So I don't know if it'll be extended through September. I do think it could be pushed to like July 1st, is what Biden might say. That would be my guess. But you know, I I think that's fair, and I think that you know it's not big of a deal to wear a mask a piece of cloth on your face like we've been doing it for a while some people haven't been doing it at all but you know um it is what it is and if, but if if you are going to travel and you want to travel and you're going to get on a plane like that's the rule in place like don't don't break it it's pretty easy to just follow the guidelines there and, and move forward so thankfully we haven't had a whole lot of naughty passengers as of late in terms of um mask breaking rules like we did you know this time last year and especially last summer we had so many different stories of people just breaking the rule and then it took a while for there to be a federal thing in place where they could you know that FAA could start finding people and once they got that in place it seemed like things kind of quieted down a bit there but yeah i do think it'll be extended it's just how long is is the big question there so uh, because some people just don't follow the rules i mean i flying down to mexico this week the airport was uh semi-crowded which was you know good to see travel coming back bouncing backs a little bit but i did see one guy in line literally take his mask down and cough into his hand and i just like shook my head i was like what what is the logic behind that what like what went through your mind the fact that you need to cough out into open air like we've been in this thing for a year. Like you surely just, you know, cough right in your mask, sneeze right in your mask. uh, Some people I just, I just don't understand.
1: That's quite a story. I'm really glad I was not in that line with you. Yeah, that is shocking. And I think, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to understand that approach. And I think sometimes maybe some things are are reflexive or people do it without thinking, you know, but it's at any rate, yeah, there it's, it's not a perfect situation. Um, yeah, and and also the other thing I'm I'm worried about or or thinking about in terms of the mask uh, mandate for for the airlines and airports and, and the, that industry, is you know as the rest of the world opens up more and so we become more globally traveled uh, once again, you know every country has its own level of vaccination. How many people are vaccinated in in any given country? How many how many cases of COVID-19 are in any given country? So. I guess there's so many things to think about, so many details, right? Because we, we need to know, you know, as if there's flights coming in from all over the world again, in and out of the United States, uh, does that make it more necessary for us to extend the mask mandate longer? Or, you know, it a lot depends on how every state in the United States is doing and every country in the world is doing since we are, will be increasingly more globally connected ag- uh, again in the coming months, right?
0: Yeah, which is, you know, exciting to think about, you know, global travel opening back up. So, And I think a lot of it pertains to, you know, what you said earlier with the vaccines. So you got the Johnson & Johnson. I got Moderna with the two shots. And it does make, you know... peace of mind there to to get out and travel i did feel better about traveling here to cancun because i was vaccinated or i am vaccinated so uh that made me feel better and i know that um yeah actually one of the panels today with one of the moderators um asked everyone in the room to like raise their hand if they've been fully vaccinated and uh, i want to say at least half maybe of the room raised that hand so maybe a little bit over um there's a lot of people here over 600 in attendance in person so uh, one place we do know that masks are going to be required, um, at least that's the rule in place now, we don't know how things will change in the future because we're still waiting for cruises to actually happen. So the cruise industry has been crazy news seemingly every month now and getting real crazy in the last few weeks of stuff. But uh, they've been trying to cruise out of U.S. ports. This, you know, Florida's suing the CDC. Alaska's jumping in on that. Uh, so much going on around there. And most recent news out of that is the um, one senator, Um, blocked the passage of a new bill that would allow cruise ships to restart sailing. The bill was introduced last week in hopes to get uh, cruising going from U.S. ports, but is uh, yet another roadblock in the cruise industry's quest to return to sailing. So, and on one of the panels today, Kelly Craighead, CEO of CLIA, had uh, quite an interesting comment, uh, and I want to read it here, and uh, Mark, I'll I'll get your thoughts after this, and uh, uh, cruise lovers out here who listen to the podcast, I would love for you to email your thoughts on this, podcast at travelpulse.com. So... Kelly Crackhead said, quote, The great news is you are seeing cruising returning in places where there is communication and collaboration with the governments and with the health authorities, and the measures being taken are based in science and they're very prescriptive step by step. Cruisers love to cruise, so they will go where the cruise ships are. And it is, again, about that partnership with the government and with the health authorities. So where you see coordination and collaboration and communication between the industry and governments, you'll see more and more ships move to where you can have that ability to responsibly resume operations. So, Mark, your thoughts on this? It, to me, kind of sounded like a little subtle shot at the CDC and the U.S. government, but maybe that's just me.
1: No, I think you're probably right. I think it was a gentle jab in the direction of the CDC. And, um... I mean the the cruise industry needs to fully reactivate in order to move forward and it's in a difficult and challenging place as is every segment of the travel and tourism industry for now um but perhaps to a greater extent than some other segments, I, the cruise industry has a lot of issues and details to balance and figure out. What's interesting, what I found interesting is I, I speak with a lot of really smart and top producing travel advisors around the country uh, throughout the year and in the past months, especially um, during the pandemic. And I've interviewed several travel advisors who've been encouraging their clients to start booking cruises again because they have tons of clients who love to cruise and can't wait to get back on on, on those boats, on those ships. Um, but advi- some of them are advising them to book for 2022 because the advisors are not confident that all the cruises will be back afloat this year. So I think that's you know that's a concern for the industry, and there clearly needs to be more and continued dialogue between the cruise industry, the government, other players, and with travel advisors, and with the um, and with their clients. Um, to make sure that all the issues are addressed in a way that, that protects everybody and also you know keeps the travel the, the cruise industry in in a safe place too so it can it can move forward
0: yeah I'm, I'm with you mark there and one thing about cruising is cruise lovers out there are super passionate and it was mentioned today on the panel that like i think it was silver sea um, they have, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before too that um 2022 bookings are on the rise they looking good so uh, i'm not surprising all the advisors you've talked to have mentioned that they're advising their clients to book for 2022 because they don't know what will happen here in 2021. But you know, bookings for future cruises are huge and, and Silver Sea, I think it was Silver Sea or maybe um, they had a world cruise go out, like sold out in one day. And those world cruises are super expensive. I think it was Peter Greenberg was the moderator on that. And he mentioned that like $74,000 is like the cheapest uh, price tag on that. And it all sold out in one day. So, I mean, that just goes to show that like the, the, people who want to cruise out there are spending the top dollar to get out there and to cruise in the future. They just don't know when it'll happen. So I do think that based upon this Europe news now too, and uh, the sentiment around, you know, getting travel and getting the world back open by the summer, I do think cruising will happen out of U.S. ports, especially since so many of them are requiring vaccinations to be on board. I know that uh, some travel advisors and some cruise lovers out there are not too keen on the vaccine uh, requirements for cruises, but a lot of passionate cruisers out there are still going to get out there and they're still going to cruise because that's what they want to do. And cruise the cruise industry is is in a tough position right now, but you know with the protocols they have in place and the fact that so many ships around the world are actually sailing right now and very little COVID cases have happened from that, I think that's a sign that you know, should continue to be brought up, especially to the CDC and US government so that we can get cruising out of US ports happening again in a responsible way, especially since vaccine mandates will be required. That pretty much wraps up what is trending in travel. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com. So now I want to dive into the theme of this week's show centered around the World Travel and Tourism Council's Global Summit, where Mark and I are hanging out in Cancun and spent a long day of panels with a lot of big name CEOs and government officials uh, talking and hyping up and hyping up travel and it's rebound. And we're all really excited. There's been good news, you know, with the EU stuff. So the theme of the event is uniting the world for recovery. And just some quick snapshots of logistics here where we're at. Mandatory COVID-19 testing for all attendees upon arrival. So if you wanted to attend this in person, you showed up, you went to the meeting space and you got COVID tested right away. It was a rapid test and we got our results in five minutes. So negative you know can attend the event i haven't heard of anyone mention that anyone is positive it was a packed room today we were socially distant press conference settings uh mask are mandatory around everyone really abided by that Um, over 600 in-person participants from more than 70 countries are here so it is a hybrid in-person and online event which i think you're going to see a lot of at least in the next six months to a year you're going to see a lot of hybrid in-person online events for the meeting and event spaces and business travel and stuff whether that will stay true for you know the next five ten years or whatever it kind of remains to be seen it could be for the next few years but um it's a hybrid event here in person online and and i think they say um over thirty thousand people connected virtually so it's really awesome there uh mark just want to what have your thoughts been on how all this has been set up
1: well i think it's it's a fascinating experience to be here because you know dealing it's our first our first experience on site with the new normal in in a conference format so this says a lot about what we can expect in the near future at least from the uh, travel and tourism industry in terms of how we will be meeting and networking and sharing information and ideas I think so it's been fascinating and yeah um, I was pleased actually you know to, to see a lot of the measures that they're taking and the, you know to get my nose my nose swabbed when I got when I arrived I was happy to do that I think that's that's a good measure um, and yet yeah, the fact that we needed to do that even before we could be approved for the uh, and officially register um uh, upon arrival that was good the socially distancing um aspects um are seem to be working out well and also yeah the hybrid aspects i think are really interesting to see how they're playing out and i know that that's something that a lot of industries will be doing moving forward or have been have started doing already um so i think it's i think it's good news and i think it spells it spells uh it it Provides a a positive message for the rest of the travel and tourism industry that we can still move forward. Um, And also, you know, I spoke with one of the interesting conversations I've had so far is with a man named Arturo Garcia Rosa. He's the president and the founder of another uh, tourism conference called Sahic, which is the South um, America Hotel and Tourism Investment Conference. It takes place either in Central or South America every year, but not in 2020, of course. So he's attending here because um, he's kind of, uh, in addition to networking and sharing his Experience and expertise. He's also getting a, a, a taste of how how this group, the WTTC, is formatting and carrying forward uh, their their plans for this meeting. Uh, his his conference Sahih takes place in September in Panama City, Panama. And he said he's learned so much already while being here, and that he thinks that this will help his his conference uh, to move forward even more successfully. So I think all the people here will be taking back a lot of valuable lessons that will. Kind of trickle down to other events, other meetings, and other ways of, of networking and building business.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Mark and I got here on Saturday and we got COVID tested right away. Other people arrived in on Sunday to get COVID tested. I, I think that gives a great peace of mind for a lot of people to attend this, knowing that you did have to be mandatory tested right before. I think you're going to see that in a lot of different um, meetings and events coming up, at least throughout this year, until we can reach a level of, hey, we're, you know, things are normal. We're, we're, we're good to go, you know, and that sets people's mind at ease. And, you know, one quote I wanted to read here too was uh, from the Hilton CEO, Chris Nassetta. He he's, He mentioned that we have an opportunity and responsibility to reconnect the world and build a truly inclusive growth po- profile in our industry for our children, our grandchildren and beyond. So we cannot back down from this moment. Together we need to redefine a new age of travel that propels us into the future, powering progress for all of our stakeholders. This is a huge opportunity in front of us. I know a lot of people think that travel has been forever impaired. And all of us in this room know that that is not the case. We talked for many years about the golden age of travel that got disrupted by COVID. The reality is that the next two to three years when we get through this pandemic, if we do our jobs, and it'll be better than what we had before, because we know that people want to travel, they want to see the world, we just have to give them the means to do it. We will, we can, we can emerge from this period and build a better world for all of us to travel. We must do it. It's imperative and it's an awesome responsibility. And I'm every confidence with the people in this room and those around the world that as an industry we've done it before and we'll do it again. End quote. So that was a great message from him. And you know, travel so so much about travel is the, the human connection and we really lost that a lot throughout twenty twenty. Um, the WTTC CEO, Gloria Guevara, dropped some big numbers on us this morning. The tourism sector suffered a loss of $4.5 trillion. 62 million jobs were lost. And uh, the travel industry was hit 18 times harder by COVID-19 than the 2008 financial crisis. So it's not going to be easy to recover out of that. Like, those numbers are staggering um, especially the the down of dollars in that. Like, it's hard to process a, tr- a trillion dollars. It's hard to process a billion dollars, but you get into that trillion word and it's just unfathomable of how much money that is. But, you know, it can be done. We're already seeing that bookings are increasing. People are, the pent-up demand is there. People want to get out. And this event is just uh, the beginning in that process.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also, I, I've been happy to hear certain themes that, that continue to have continued to be uh, mentioned at, during the presentations and the panels. Um, one of them is sustainability. Multiple attendees and, and presenters have talked about, you know, whether, oh, because we've been so focused just on surviving in the travel industry, maybe we're going to put things like sustainability on the, on the side, but that's not the case. And according to the, everybody who's spoken about it, they've, they've brought up that that needs to still play a, a, a crucial and key role in, in how the travel industry is in the tourism industry moves forward and does business, so I think that's great. And also, what you mentioned um, from uh, uh, about the, about diversity and and inclusivity and that sort of thing. And I believe um, someone from the state of Quintana Roo, where where Cancun is mentioned. Um, where Cancun is located, rather, uh, mentioned that there's going to be a new uh, women's initiative um, for for the city of Cancun to help foster more career development for for women in the travel industry, in the tourism industry. So I think, in a way, the fact that we've all had to pause in one way or another during the past year and a couple months, um, it's given people maybe a chance to step back and to take a broader view for a, for a moment or two, for a few months about what we really want to do moving forward and so i think that i i'm i'm very heartened by some of the words that i'm hearing today um and this week at the at this convention because there are there are a lot of good things that people are, are identifying as as crucial and important like inclusivity and sustainability and things like that so we may be in an even better place moving forward i hope we will be
0: I hope so as well, Morgan. The thing about sustainability, I talked about this on my podcast last week. If you haven't checked that out, Responsible Travel, it, it was a great one. The thing about the sustainability comments and everything today is the fact that none of the panel like themes were on sustainability. It was just a topic that came up. Um, this event runs through Tuesday, um, the 27th of April. So, and there are multiple panels on Tuesday specifically geared to sustainability and Responsible Travel. But it was amazing to see that a lot of people and a lot of important people in the travel industry bringing that up today when it's not really the main theme of what their uh specific panel was on so that is um kind of a mindset shift towards the future here that is great to see um and especially with the inclusivity as well and you mentioned Cancun, I and mean, I think they're in a great position to recover faster than other destinations. They've been open for a while, and the fact that they're holding this here is is huge for Cancun. You know, we talked. Mark and I interviewed uh, the director of, of um, tourism there, um, and he was telling us that um, he believes the second half of 2021 will be good for Cancun's tourism, especially Q4 and wintertime. And Alex Osaya of Apple Leisure Group was mentioning in one panel earlier today, too, about the fact that um, Mexico and the Caribbean bookings are even better right now than they were at this time in 2019 so it just shows the pent-up demand is there and people really want to get out and travel and they're, they're eyeing you know very popular destinations of Mexico and the Caribbean because they know that that's open and those have been they've received the WTTC safe travel stamp and they've showcased that it's you can travel here and it's safe to travel here
1: yeah I agree I think Cancun and Mexico in general is so well positioned for recovery, and they're already experiencing recovery. Obviously, because um, they have the advantage that they did not close um, to to the outside world to the extent that most countries have, and um, and yet they've also um, enacted very stringent um, uh, safety hygiene protocols. And so, ever since my first visit, when we first were here in July, our first pandemic visit—I mean, when we were here um, at for for a uh, special event. We've always seen consistent application of of um, of the pandemic protocols. You know, the masks and the um, heavy-duty sanita- sanitization of the rooms and and social distancing and special measures taken and and all of that. So. I find that to be impressive and it's comforting as a traveler, as in addition to someone who's writing about it and reporting about it for the industry. So um, yeah, I think Mexico is, is in a really good place. And this is really telling the fact that the, this event, this world global event is taking place here for the, for WTCTC. um, You know, it just shows that this is a place that's already open to the world and it has the infrastructure as well. It has the protocols. So I think that, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see uh, an exponential growth in arrivals in Cancun and other parts of Mexico at, right after this event, just as, as people become even more aware of um, how well this nation is prepared to welcome visitors in a responsible way. Because responsible responsibility is and safety is crucial right now, even even more than ever.
0: Definitely, Mark. And we have to give a shout out to our host here. Moon Palace Resort is breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, the event space here is was just, wow. Like, I walked in. This is my first time to Moon Palace here. Uh, Mark has been here, I think, a couple times. But that event space just, like, blew me away. Mark and I were talking, too, that, like, it's crazy how many weddings they could probably put on at this resort. This resort is massive. You could put on so many different weddings and, like, they wouldn't even know they're all going on at the same time because
1: they have so much space. So it's, it's massive. It's beautiful. And the food has been incredible throughout. I love it here. Yeah, this, it really is an incredible resort. It's, it's really big. Um, but you never feel overwhelmed and, and the the rooms are gorgeous, but yes, the food is great. And also, People sometimes think all-inclusive resorts are interchangeable, but they're not. And this one, this one has a lot of things that are very unique um, or very uncommon. Uh, there's a bowling alley. There's a Lebanese restaurant where we had lunch yesterday, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, there's a large water park, um, so it's great for for families. Um, but you don't have to stay right next to the water park. So if you don't come with your family, if you're just grown ups only, you can stay away from that section easily. So yeah, um, it, it's a great example of of the 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 diversity of offerings that Mexico offers and the Moon Palace Resort also with its great meeting and event spaces it's a perfect place for an event like the WTTC uh, Global Summit
0: Absolutely, so thank you again to Moon Palace Resort for hosting us here and to the WTTC for putting this event on and having us down here to report on it. Um, It is a The event is extending through its uh, ends April 27th. So this is Monday, April 26th right now. And um, we'll have more coverage up on travel polls coming this later this week. So thank you, Mark, for coming on to the show today. Any final closing thoughts you'd like to uh, mention to our listeners of our travel advisors, regular travelers out there, uh, any comments?
1: Well, I'm just, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much uh, for having me on, Eric. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, and please, if you you want to read more of my work um, and find out more about my travel tips and all that fun stuff, um, definitely check out what I do on, travelpulse.com but also I have my own travel blog latinflyer.com so between the two and my other media outlets that I write for you'll find lots of insider travel tips and I'd love to hear from you as well you can contact me via uh, travelpulse.com with any uh, thoughts questions comments and all of that so I'm looking forward to the time when we can all travel the way we love to again
0: Definitely. Thanks again to Mark for jumping on the podcast today. Had a great time talking all things trending in travel and our experience here at the World Travel and Tourism Council's Global Summit, the first in-person travel event since the pandemic began. If you've had any thoughts, uh, if you've been following along in the virtual platform at all, um, or you have any thoughts or... Uh, comments or concerns or feedback or anything about what's been going on in the world of travel i would love to hear from you podcast at com is the best way to reach me so um, more coverage coming up from this event on travelpulse.com check it out later this week and uh, thanks for listening and have a great week